now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker, that is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. Greetings, happy Thursday. Thanks for joining us here today on the free podcast of the Steve Day Show, powered by CRTV. My name is Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron will be with us here in just a moment. If you want to join us, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. We're not playing buy, sell, or hold this week because we have a very special guest that's going to join us on the podcast in a moment. The one and only provocateur extraordinaire, Clay Travis, is going to be joining us. The man that has ESPN's tidy whities in a bunch every day that ends in Y for daring to challenge their leftist orthodoxy, who himself has spent a good deal of his adult life working in Democratic Party politics. That's what we find so interesting about Clay's story is because he is challenging leftist ideology and dogma, the assumption is he is one of us, or even worse, the dreaded alt-right. It turns out he's actually neither one of those things, which I think makes this story all the more interesting. Uh, So we're going to talk to Clay here in just a matter of moments. But first, gentlemen, a little preview of the TV show we did today for CRTV. What do you think our audience should be looking forward to there, Todd? Uh, Well, the opening, uh, which is a little different, uh, a little bit longer, more involved, but very important on both guns and debate. Uh, We... We've been down this sad, sad road of shootings too many times. God only knows. Uh, but it it seems like in terms of the arguments, we're actually getting a little better on this issue, sadly. That is the, the silver lining. Uh, so there are the specific arguments about gun control, but also about the art of debate, what we can lose in, in ri- not falling prey to the emotion of an intense issue, calming it down and let reason win. Hmm. Aaron. Things were going well until Aaron reveals his sick obsession. (laughs) I don't know whether I'm sick of this clickbait uh, kick you're on or not, but keep doing it. I'm liking it. I'm liking it a lot. So so you're not sick of it yet? Maybe I'm not sick of it, yeah. I'll let you know. Yeah, uh, I was with Todd on the first segment as well. I also had some clickbait for that, but I'll save it for another day. Um, Dace was on HLN, and you won't believe what happened next. Yeah, I was going to say Dace was on HLN. Uh, Carol's answer to, or Carol's reaction to Steve's question says everything. (laughs) Gosh, I hate clickbait. I can't stand it. It makes you want to watch the show, though, right? Uh, no. Got to click on the link. Uh, CRTV.com, promo code DACE. You can uh, get a discounted subscription if you use my name and not just to our show, but all the shows, including the great one, Mark Levin, that are part of the team here at CRTV.com. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. We have monthly subscriptions as well as a free trial, so you can sign up, try it. If you find out we all suck, don't have to be charged anything if you cancel within that trial period. So CRTV.com. Promo code DACE. 
And he joins us now. He has become our troublemaker extraordinaire, and something tells me he's going to take that as a compliment. The one and only Clay Travis is here with us. Clay, we welcome you to the Steve Day Show podcast here, powered by CRTV. How are you? I'm excellent. How are y'all? We're doing very good. And I've been fascinated watching the, the left's reaction to you because I've seen a lot of this reaction to people like me, <laughs> okay? But my understanding of your history is you're actually, you've been a Democrat. Is, I want to make sure we get, the, the, let's start with that. Who is Clay Travis? Let's start with the beginning. Who are you? What's your background? Uh, I am a 38-year-old uh, guy with three kids, nine, seven, and three, three boys. Uh, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, where I was born and raised. I went away to college at George Washington in uh, Washington, D.C. for undergrad. Then I came to uh, back to Nashville to Vanderbilt for my law degree. And uh, since that time, I have been, uh, you know, kind of bouncing around doing a lot of different things. But uh, for since 2004, I have been writing uh, about sports online in some way and also humor and, and other different things. I've published a couple of books. I do a uh, the national Fox Sports Radio morning show mm-hmm. host. I lead into Dan Patrick and Colin Calvert, and uh, I do a daily afternoon show. I, I've run a website for the past six years that's become very popular called uh, Outkick the Coverage. You can go to it at outkick.com. And uh, I, I consider myself just to be kind of a regular guy. Um, and so uh, in, in along that route, uh, when I was in college, I worked for Democratic congressional candidates. Um, including Al Gore, I mean, sorry, for, uh, for presidential candidates, including Al Gore in the 2000 campaign. Uh, I worked for four years on Capitol Hill while I was in college for Bob Clement, who was the congressman from my hometown of Nashville, a Democrat. And uh, I have been, uh, you know, I, what I consider to be pretty much uh, typically a middle-of-the-road guy, never like far left or obviously far right. And uh, evidently that's unacceptable in the modern-day media environment. So I first heard of your work because I am a college football nut. I'm a, I am a yeah. wannabe idiot savant on college football. You know, when I when I grow up, I either want to be Mel Kiper Jr. or Chris the Bear Felica. I haven't made up my mind yet, Clay. So uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm familiar with your work there. I used to watch you on the uh, Fox uh, college football preview show when you were on there a few years ago. And and so I was, I've, I'm fascinated to see how this transition has happened where you are now persona non grata to leftist media bias in America, given your background of actually, you know, putting in time, investing your time talent and treasure into democratic uh, politics democratic politicians the democratic party itself where where did it go wrong that you weren't democrat enough for these leftists what changed here clay i think honestly that uh, i increasingly saw that a lot of times the way stories were getting covered were upside down um and you know i'm a rational guy right i I like to look at evidence Uh, ultimately I think I went to law school and I think I have the best job in America now because instead of being a hired gun where somebody pays me enough money and I'll make their argument, I basically get to look at the world of sports and decide which argument that I think is the better argument, right? And then I just make that argument. I think I'm pretty good at it, Uh, sort of prosecuting a case uh, in the world of modern media, for lack of a better way of describing it. And I would say this thing really started for me when the University of Missouri uh, story blew up. Um, and, you know, you, you, your listeners may have some recollection of that, but uh, this was a couple of years ago, um, almost exactly two years ago, actually. They started a protest, uh, the Black Lives Matter activists basically did, 
on the main quad of the University of Missouri, and they were saying that that the, the, the campus was overrun with racism, and ultimately the foot, many members of the football team decided to join in as well. And this thing was getting a lot of attention, and I said, wait a minute, what's actually going on here? You know, what is the story? And, uh, and again, I'm, I don't have the articles in front of me, but basically they had started this entire protest because there was a poop swastika in one bathroom. You know, they don't know who did that. Uh, there was the allegation that a student body president had a racial slur said to him off campus. Uh, no evidence of who did it or when it occurred, certainly not that it was ever a student. And then one person who was not a student walked through campus during an event and was caught using a racial slur. And for that, like they were demanding that the president be fired, that like he stand up on a table in the cafeteria and acknowledge his white privilege. And I read this stuff and I was like, what world are we living in? And I covered it aggressively as in like just disbelief that anything was being taken seriously about this entire campaign. Meanwhile, you know, again, the University of Missouri had totally embraced a black football player in Michael Sam who was gay. They had elected a gay black man, the student body president. I have zero doubt that there are issues on every college campus in America with people sometimes saying mean things. But the University of Missouri was not, to me, a textbook example of that. And so I, I started uh, asking questions, and, uh, and people got very uncomfortable when the dogma was challenged. Hmm. And that has continued to spread. I mean, uh, since then, I've seen crazy stories that You know, whether it's Peyton Manning, uh, the the 20-year-old mooning turning into a massive sexual assault investigation, whether it was the way that Ryan Lochte was treated, uh, whether it was the firing of Kurt Schilling because he happened to disagree uh, with, uh, with, you know, or agree or whatever it was over the North Carolina transgender bathroom law, whether it was this most recent story about LeBron James supposedly having a racial slur on his gate that nobody has been able to see, Mm -hmm. or most recently of all, uh, Michael Bennett um, mm-hmm. alleging that the, the Las Vegas police were racist. And when you actually look at all the evidence, none of that is supportable by the, the factual data or the videos. And so I think I'm just an incredibly rational guy who has been unwilling to accept kind of the, 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 the mainstream opinion uh, on many of these stories. And as a result, uh, it somehow led me to, to be called like a member of the alt-right um, recently by Politico. And I just think what I call myself is a radical moderate, right? I mean, I think you have to look at the individual circumstances and evidence of every case, and that's something that I was taught in law school. Uh, one of my professors said, you know, don't worry about the larger universe of what a case means. The only thing that matters on an individual case are three things, the facts, the facts, and the facts. And so oftentimes I have found that the facts don't support the agenda which is trying to be carried, uh, you know, that exists certainly in the sports media and beyond. Clay Travis, our guest here on the Steve Day Show podcast, and you go back to sort of what you cited as the genesis of your evolution in our industry at the University of Missouri. Just to put that into further context for our our listeners, Clay, I mean, at the time, uh, they had come out of the Big 12 Conference where they got to number one in the country not too long ago. They go into the SEC, your neck of the woods, considered the premier conference in college football, made it to the conference championship game, I believe, two of their first three years in that league. Since then, their program has become one of the worst major college football programs in the country since this blew up, as you pointed out, over a poop swastika. Enrollment at their university has plummeted at the same time. They blew up a cash cow football program. They blew up their campus enrollment for a poop swastika. Clay, if that's not a metaphor i don't know what one is 
Yeah, and you know, I mean, I just think it's increasingly scary. And what what I have said, um, you know, I went on CNN recently and got a lot of attention, but I've been saying it for a couple of years now that I only believe in two things absolutely, the First Amendment and boobs, you know, like as in women's chest uh, devices. Um, and, uh, and, and I uh, have said that for a long time, and I said that because, you know, kind of jokingly, because I said neither one of them have ever let me down. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny. I, to me, being a First Amendment absolutist is a classically liberal position, right? Now, I'm, I'm not talking about liberal and conservative in the traditional sense of left and right. I just mean that I am an old school in the sense that I believe that the cure for speech you don't like is more speech. I believe in the marketplace of ideas. I don't believe in shouting down people because they have opinions that make you uncomfortable. And so uh, another big thing that I've been involved in lately uh, that has also made people really upset is I've actually looked into the data, right? When all these athletes are coming out, I remember LeBron James came out and said, uh, you know, I, I fear for my son every dime that he leaves his house that a police officer might kill him. And everybody who's in the sports media is like, God bless LeBron James for being so brave to, to say this. And I said, wait a minute, you know, is LeBron James's son actually in danger? And you go look at the data. And if you leave your house unarmed today uh, in this country, anywhere, regardless of your race, your religion, your gender, uh, what political beliefs you hold. If you walk outside of your house without a gun, I'm not saying having a gun is wrong. I'm just saying if you're unarmed, right? So you, in theory, are going to have a lot of difficulty to be a threat to somebody. You are more likely to be killed by a bee, a wasp, or a hornet than you are by a police officer. Hmm. You're more likely right now this year to be struck and killed by lightning, and you're five times as likely to be hit by a train, Okay. So if LeBron James had said every day his son walks outside and he worries about him getting hit by a train, he would have been ridiculed to the high heavens by everybody, yet it's five times as likely that LeBron James's son is going to be hit and killed by a train every day that he leaves his house as it is that a police officer is going to shoot him. So I just I feel like one of the biggest lies that we've been sold in, in the modern 21st century is this idea that police officers are preying on minorities and trying to kill them. And again, this is where I look at the data and talk about it, and it really upsets people that maybe the data doesn't reflect the way that they feel. And I say, well, to me, that's the job of the media, right? I I don't know how many times I've seen television where people tell you, oh, you're not going to get killed by terrorists. I've never seen any media organization tell black people, hey, police aren't going to kill you. I'm glad you brought up the Michael Bennett story because this one, frankly, has really pissed me off in that, you know, I'm from from my position as someone who I would consider having a biblical worldview. I don't think just because this is why I'm for limited government, Clay, I don't think just because someone takes a job in government means they haven't been absolved of of the sinfulness and the fallacies of humanity that tempt the rest of us. That's why we need limited government, because that kind of power and access to other people's money tends to be an even more corrupting influence the bigger the government gets. But that also means that, you know, if, if we have a culture that is becoming more decadent and softening of its morality, that also won't exempt people who hold positions of authority like police officers. So I'm willing to look if you have a legitimate charge, but, but for a guy to use his platform to besmirch 
a major metropolitan police department, which is going to be burying its own dead here in the coming days from the, from what happened in the massacre on Sunday night and their service uh, in during during that tragedy. For him to use his platform as an NFL player to besmirch their character, for the NFL to say we are okay with our players using their platform to quote unquote fight for equality and justice. If he was Michael Bennett from Piscataway, Michael Bennett from around the way, no one would care. He wasn't charged with a crime. The Vegas police didn't bring this up. He brought this up preemptively, unilaterally himself in order to in order to get all wokey. Well, now we find out from the TMZ video, the whole thing is a sham. I think it is utterly shameful for the NFL to, uh, to say they're going to let one of their players use his position in their league as a platform to besmirch a major metropolitan police department, including one that's going to be home to one of their 32 franchises here in the next 24 months. How in the world can they just let him get away with lying like that, Clay? I think it's because of his black privilege, honestly. I, I think, I mean, and, and this is kind of the underlying story that I see from so many of these stories. I think that a lot of white people are afraid more than anything, especially in the sports media, of being called racist, right? And to, and we've seen such a creep of the use of the word racist that if you tweet out, you know, police shooting data and it doesn't reflect what the left wing wants it to reflect, then it's racist for you to share facts. And I think a lot of people are afraid to call out Michael Bennett because he's a black guy and they're afraid if they call out a black guy that that's going to be racist. Now, let me take a step back. What I This is where I go back to my legal training over and over again. I don't look at individual cases as evidence of a larger global perspective, right? And in other words, I don't look for individual cases to justify my worldview. Because if you do that, there are way too many cases out there. Mm-hmm. They can do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the sports media does. I think if you look at cases like Duke Lacrosse, I think if you look at the Rolling Stone article about the University of Virginia, I think the sports media and the media in general wants stories to reflect it. I saw it when I said I loved boobs in the First Amendment, right? And immediately the left wing said, oh, this is what happens in Donald Trump's America. I'm like, wait a minute. I worked on Al Gore's presidential campaign. Uh, The most recent election, I voted for Gary Johnson, the libertarian candidate. Um, I've never voted for a Republican for president so far. doesn't mean I'm not willing to do it. It just means that I consider myself to be pretty middle of the road. I didn't like Hillary. I didn't like Donald Trump, okay? Um, and so what is amazing to me is the degree to which everything has to be fitted, fitted into a specific worldview. No, and so preach. everybody in the sports media wanted to believe, yeah. right, that Michael Bennett was the victim of a racist police force because they believe that the police force is racist and victimizes black people all the time. Well, when it comes out that he's actually lying, nobody covers that. And oh, by the way, that the three officers involved in this case, two of them were Hispanic and one of them were black. He made a complete story up, and he got away with it. To me, it's a uh, it's a total travesty of modern day journalism. Something I've said uh, to our audience many times over the years, because I started off as a sports talk radio host, and then was uh, in the local market I started in. They moved me to news talk, and one of the things I notice um, is when I follow sports people, the liberal bias within sports media. And I'm someone, I, I've made a lot of appearances on CNN, MSNBC. I'm not afraid to go on liberal outlets, PBS. I've been on all of these a million times. But when I, when I watch the liberal bias in sports media, I've summed it up to our audience thusly, uh, Clay, and I'd like to get your take. All the bias, twice the dumb. 
Meaning that these folks, at least in liberal news media, you have your hacks, okay? But, but for the most part, at, at key times, they have to at least pretend to be fair to people like me to put up some veneer of objectivity. And then some of them really are fair and willing to air your opinion, even if they don't necessarily agree with it. But, but at least in political journalism, you are surrounded both right and left by people who don't agree with you. So you have to acknowledge that they're human and actually exist on some level. In the sports media world, the bubble is even worse. And, and they're often insulated from the very audiences that they're covering their teams on behalf of. This is why the NFL uh, thought, this is why they got destroyed last week on the Anthem Pro protests they thought they were debating donald trump they were debating their own audience and the more they told their own audience it's not an you're not watching an anthem protest via the anthem via the protest during the anthem the more pissed off and the more insulted their audience got until they took a bath on this thing over the course of the last two weeks and that goes to what i'm talking about it it, it's all the liberal bias i see in political media but they're twice the dumb they it's like they don't understand most of the people that they're writing for and that, that are covering that are following the teams that they're covering aren't like them. They're not from the 15% of counties that Hillary Clinton won last year. Yeah, and look, even if they were, they don't want to that to be infecting their, their games, right? I mean, even if you are a Hillary Clinton voter, I mean, if you're a huge football fan, you're probably a pretty, pretty middle-of-the-road guy or girl, right? And um, you, you want, I've always used the phrase, I don't know who initially came up with it, but certainly sports is the toy chest of life, right? It's where people go to escape the serious things in their life. And so if you've got a sick relative or if your kids are not doing uh, as well in school as you had hoped, or if you're getting in fights more often than you have in the past with your wife, there's a lot of people who just want to sit back, have a beer, have a hamburger and watch a football game for three hours. And they don't want politics to infiltrate it. They don't want it to be infected. They want it to be a toy, right? They want it to be the games of life. And uh, to me, what has happened is everything has become politicized. And unlike at least in politics, as you're saying, there is at least the idea of a veneer of objectivity and that you have people arguing multiple sides, right? You have mm-hmm. people coming on and arguing one side, somebody else arguing the other side. Mm-hmm. ESPN has not employed a single person who's pointed out that Colin Kaepernick's protest was a fraud. Not one. You know, the discussion has always been, how much of a hero is Colin Kaepernick? How, you know, is he the modern Yeah, the argument is between right? how many raindrops can he tiptoe between? One side says yeah. all of them. The other side says only 80% of them. And that's the argument. Right. And so it's, it's an artificially constructed debate. And for people out there who are like, wait a minute, like, I believe Colin Kaepernick, I'm one of these. I believe Colin Kaepernick's entire protest is a complete and total fraud, lacking in any coherent political philosophy. Um, that person like me doesn't isn't able to make their argument on a network like ESPN or frankly hardly on a network like FS1 or NBC Sports Network or anywhere else i think that reasonable people have been left behind it's not just conservatives it's just reasonable people and uh, and i think that's why the audience that outkick has found is so substantial because I think there are a lot of people who look at the way the world is right now in America. I saw my wife this the other day. She's a Hillary voter. She's like upset about Donald Trump. I said, look, I understand that he may not be perfect. And look, he's got flaws like every other president we've ever elected. But I said, are you, she's like, it's, you know, it's like 1968. I said, wait a minute. I'm a history guy, right? So I love to read. I said, 1968, Martin Luther King was assassinated. Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated. We were five years after John F. Kennedy was assassinated. The cities of America were burning in riots, Mm -hmm. and we were at war in Vietnam. Right now in 2017, the stock market is at an all-time high. 
we are close to an all-time low in unemployment. Home incomes, you know, per capita, have never been higher as a, as a function of inflation in the history of the country. Like, you don't have to like Donald Trump, but things are pretty damn good in America right now across the board. In fact, you can argue, I think, fairly that we have never been in a better position as a country than we are right now. Yet a lot of people just want to believe the world's going to hell because they want their political agenda to be more correct than their actual reality is. Hmm. That's very well said. Clay, final question. What has, because anytime someone challenges the status quo from from the left, from the right, uh, as you said, I'm, you're running up the middle. Where, if you challenge the, the, the spirit of the age, of this day and age, the, the, those that are, are charged with maintaining that status quo are going to try and besmirch you and say, you're only doing this because of your own, you don't believe this stuff. You're only doing this because it's good for your business, which of course, if that's true, if you are doing this because you're a fraud, it reminds me of a friend of mine when Ted Cruz first started soaring to heights as a new upstart conservative superstar. And a friend of mine came to me in our movement and the conservative movement and said, I think the guy is not real. And I said, well, even if he's a fake, Notice that he is capitalizing off of doing the stuff we've wanted Republicans to do for the last 25 years. So even if he is a phony, that actually is helping us. So when the, when the, when the purveyors of the status quo say you're only doing this to line your own pockets, what they're really saying is there's a large audience out there for people tired of their horse pucky. That's what they're really saying. So is that you? Yeah. Is, do you really also- believe this stuff? What are you? Yeah, I 100% believe everything. But I also, I don't ever hear anybody who's liberal accused of not believing what they say. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, it's an amazing thing as as a guy who sits in the middle of the road. Like, I've never heard somebody who's, like, nobody goes to Bernie Sanders that I've seen and says, like, oh, Bernie Sanders doesn't believe what he says. Like, why are only conservative people attacked for not believing what they say? And moreover, again, I think I'm a very middle-of-the-road guy. Like, there are lots of things that you would disagree with me on politically. Mm-hmm. There are lots of things that many of your listeners would disagree with me on politically. But I just tell you what I believe, right? Like, um, And so I, I always ask people, like, well, okay, well, what am I making up? <laughs> you know, like, what political belief mm-hmm. do you think that I'm making up? And the only thing I can do is, you know, my wife doesn't listen to the show um, regularly. Uh, and, I, and if you ask her why, she says, because I'm so afraid that he's going to say the stuff that he says to me privately and he's going to get fired. <laughs> right. So, I mean, she's afraid. She like watch, listens to when she listens to the show or she listens to the podcast. She said she cringes throughout it because she's afraid that this position, this opinion that I have is going to be the one that immediately gets everybody, you know, like out of sorts and decides to, to create a mob to come after me. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how more true I could be than to say my wife, who I obviously talk with every single day, is so afraid of me saying the same things to her on air that she doesn't listen to the show. You know, I believe everything that I say. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with me, but to me, that is what I have tried to do. I have tried to eliminate private Clay Travis and public Clay Travis as two different individuals and sit down in front of the microphone every day and for three hours be as honest as I possibly can about everything that I think, because I think that that, honestly, is not necessarily that people agree with me. It's just that honesty and authenticity is so rare in our society today mm-hmm. that people respond favorably to it, even if they disagree with you on some of your issues. Amen to that. Clay Travis, OutkickTheCoverage.com. Is that the website you'd like our audience to check out, Clay? Yeah, and also it's even easier if people need a shortcut, OutKick.com. 
O-U-T-K-I-C-K.com. Uh, you know, we have fun there. It's a sports-based uh, site, but uh, but we have a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, if you're bored at work, it's certainly a place where you can go hang out for a little bit and uh, pretend to be working. Clay, keep doing what you're doing. A culture needs its contrarians. It needs someone in the room asking the questions it would prefer not to have to answer. Healthy cultures will acknowledge those questions and accept the challenge. Unhealthy ones will attempt to shun them. But even if that's what's happening, that is still an exercise worthy of exposing. So keep doing what you are doing, man. Well, I appreciate it. My uh, producer on the show, Jason Martin, is a big fan of what you do. So uh, he's the guy who told me I should come on with you. So uh, if he's a fan, then I'm a fan as well. I appreciate it. Thank you. Tell him we said hello. Thank you. Will do. I'll okay. see you. Bye-bye. Let's get some reaction. What we just heard from Clay Travis. Todd, I'll start with you. It's just so uh, encouraging that uh, there's uh, actual unicorns like that out there, people who have uh, lived through life and uh, decided, you know what, not going to drink the Kool-Aid. I, I think there's a fascinating story that I relate him to. Uh, a, uh, a guy I know here in Des Moines was with his wife down at the farmer's market and they were with another couple and then a third couple came up to them and they all started talking and then uh, one of the couples left and had to go and said to the other well uh, we're going to church and this was and the so once that couple was gone the other couple said to the guy I know what, going to church I mean it was beyond them that they would be hanging out on a regular basis with somebody went to church their bubble did not allow something like that in this nation in the Midwest. I mean, we're not even in Boston or Portland or something like that. And that's what Clay Travis is trying to blow up. I mean, you could sit down with a beer with that guy. You could talk, give it, uh, you know, really have a robust dialogue. And he would not besmirch you afterwards and say, man, that guy's just a jerk. He's, you know, good people. You'd have fun talking with. I mean, more people like that. And some of my, some of my favorite friends to dialogue with are actually the ones that are still liberals and they don't hate me yet. Yet because it's important to walk away from those things not feeling that level of loathing for your fellow man. Aaron. Clay Ta- Travis is the is the cartilage, if you will. He is the buffer between the leg joints that, that that's this country used to be made up of. He is the type of guy that you that that people that are right wing nut jobs and uh, hardened leftists can can share a country with. But there are just as you said, Todd. He's a unicorn. There's just not many of him left. Um, and that's as you said towards the end of the interview there, Steve. Uh, a, a healthy culture will embrace people like Clay Travis. Um, and will embrace not just you know him middle of the road radical moderate like he, like um, like he calls himself but any any contrarian opinion a, a healthy culture will embrace those contrary questions the, the the difficult questions to answer the annoying questions because if you're healthy you're not concerned about someone exactly. challenging your con- being exactly. contrarian yeah. but this culture obviously does not and I'm not just talking about the left this is on the right as well. I, I thought it was just confined to the radical left before 2016 happened, but then I saw what happened during 2016 and this year as well, and it's obvious this is just the same problem that we have on the quote-unquote right side of the aisle. And so I, 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 if there's one thing that I hope um, our audience can take away from this, uh, don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to have questions asked of you. 
my buddy Michael Berry is a talk show host in Houston. He has a, he's he's he is more conservative like we are, but his his approach is very similar to Clay Travis. And just as you were talking, Aaron, this is this is serendipity. This is okay. This he literally just tweeted this. There is a tweet from a uh, a morning show uh, down in Houston where he broadcast from. And the tweet is, Martina Big was born white, but now says that she is black. Is race something that people can decide to change? Michael Berry retweeted this with the following response. A preview of ESPN's new morning show in about three months. (laughs) Oh, my. Okay. You know, um, I know we opened up the podcast today doing as we always do, asking you guys to give us a preview of the TV show we just did. But in many respects... What we just did with Clay Travis is the follow-up to the TV show we just did. Because one of the things I talked a lot about in the TV show today is Nancy Pelosi says, hey, let's have a debate on guns. What did I say? Let's have it. Let's stop blogging each other and demagoguing each other. You know what? If you really don't believe this ought to remain a right, then come out. We have elected office. We have elections. Make your case. Put it out there. And let's let them have that debate. And if we really have a bunch of Republicans that don't want to defend our freedoms, let's find out. Let's be adults. Let's have a debate. The biggest issue the culture has with Clay Travis is that he wants to have a debate. That's the issue that, that that's the issue that they have. It's not even what he believes. In many cases, don't even really know what he believes. Most of our audience, until they just heard this, probably thought because of the way he's being attacked by the left, he was one of us. And the left, the left sees that as him implicitly saying, and he is implicitly saying, I'm not just going to affirm whatever the hell yes. comes out of your mouth without having some sort of resistance first or without actually hearing what you have to say. And that is anathema, again, to leftists. That is anathema to leftists. Yes. Second day in a row, we have featured this sort of contrarianism on the podcast. We had the Catholic, the liberal Catholic woman, former atheist, who is the statistician for 538, who is anti-gun, but spent three months looking at actual gun data and, and, and what are often Democratic Party talking points in terms of how to prevent these massacres. And when she looked at the actual data, she's like, listen, morally, I'm anti-gun, which is exactly why I'm telling you. If the goal truly is to, to, to prevent these massacres, what you're pursuing won't work. Won't work. This is why I like Jake Tapper. I don't always agree with Jake Tapper. Hell, I got in a fight over Twitter with Jake Tapper six months ago on him using the AP's demagoguery immigration language. But, but he is at least willing to consider critical thinking. In fact, you know where I first saw about this woman's Washington Post column challenging? Me the, too. The, she tweeted it. Yeah. He's the one that tweeted it. I saw it in his Twitter feed. I didn't know it was out there because if I only followed a bunch of righties who agreed with me, um, how often would I see a Washington Post link unless it was to point out today's daily excursion into liberal media? Bot, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I had to get, I had to actually get this column from Jake Tapper, who's considered the liberal media, to get some. We need to go beyond. Uh, we need to go beyond the old political labels, I think, and we need to start looking for critical thinkers. Now. Critical thinkers doesn't mean we're going to agree. I, I, I'm pretty confident if Clay worked on Capitol Hill for not one but two Democratic politicians and for Al Gore's presidential campaign, as he says, I'm pretty sure we're not going to agree on maybe more than 50%. But if we're willing to look at the evidence and follow it where it goes, there are certain places that my worldview is based on faith. It is impossible to please God without what? Faith. 
Now, I think more times than not, the earthly evidence is going to line up in favor of my faith. But my faith tells me when the time comes that the earthly evidence does not, I'm still to choose which side. Faith. Faith. And those will be the moments probably where Clay, Clay Travis's and the Jake Tappers of the world and I will not agree. But you know what? In between those areas, there's a lot of places where if you want, if you enjoy God-given freedom and liberty, you can find a lot of places to agree and, and realize that, yeah, this place could use some, some fixing up. But as Clay put it, it's still the prettiest house in the neighborhood by far. May need a new roof. Maybe the bathroom needs updated. Maybe some. Maybe the carpeting. Now that the kids and they are gone, and the and the and we've had pets for so long needs to be needs to be uh, you know replaced. But overall, when most people drive down the street and they look at this house on the corner, like I wish I had a house like that. That's what's missing here, and that's why I said earlier today on the TV show, guys, it's not that we're fighting; it's that we're not fighting enough. We're not fighting enough, and because we're not fighting enough, we're having we're doing we're we're doing Mean Girls in high school hallways. We're blogging, we're, we're, we're sharing, we're stabbing each other in the back, sharing nasty, mean tweets, nasty text messages, and, and rumor mongering, and we're calling that a fight. That's not a fight at all. A fight is when, is when Patton hates what Erwin Rommel stands for, hates it, to the point he's willing to risk his life for it but respects his courage of conviction at the same time and doesn't let his blindness for his hatred for Rommel's principles get in the way of concocting strategy so he doesn't respect his opponent ends up getting his ass kicked. That's a fight. That's a fight. We don't do that now. We're not doing that. We're doing mean girls. This is high school. And, 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 and nothing constructive, Todd, ends up resulting in this. There's, there's no point where we realize the reason why fighting is good, too, is because every once in a while, you need to be reminded you bleed. You need to be reminded it hurts when the other side punches back. And when you realize that, you might be a little bit more willing to find out what's truly driving the other side when you bleed, too. See, because we're not really fighting. We're not. We're, we're, we're calling one guy's, one group of people's names on MSNBC or CNN, another group of people's names on Fox, but there's really no fighting going on, Todd. Really. No. And in that light, the next time, if, you're, uh, if, you, if this comes across your uh, desk and you listen to this, here, here's, here's how you need to test yourself. The next time there's something like hashtag resist, instead of just following on that clickbait, and joining the cult uh, the second you read it, give it 10 minutes of research, like Clay said. Something, and you, you might find one nugget that, hey, you're, you're more likely to be hit by a train than be killed by a cop. And that one nugget, through 10 minutes of research, can save you from embarrassing yourself. And by not embarrassing yourself, maybe this country will have a shot. That'll do it for today's podcast. Don't forget to check us out today on CRTV.com. Promo code DACE for today's television show. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. Steve Dace. I like it, you.